you can get really creative with them. If you could go through like a six or seven second eccentric, and that forces like a very, very strong patterning. And one of my favorite things to do would be one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. And it goes boom, 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 boom. Dane, stop looking at your phone. I'm uh, I'm sorry, but Lucas just cleaned 190 downstairs and he sent me the video. Oh, good for Lucas. Dude, that's a heavy clean. Yeah. That's a real heavy clean. That's 419 pounds. Phew. That's a lot. Dude, put that on your back. I'm just, yeah. He sent me nice. the video. I'm looking at it as we're live right now. What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Garage Strength Podcast, where we get direct messages in the middle of a podcast of 190K cleans from athletes that we've trained for 10 years almost. Has it been that long with Lucas? Like he's yeah. since freshman in high school or earlier than yeah, that? Sorry. Or junior year of high school, I think, junior. maybe. Sophomore, senior year. So he's one I love to see the transformation. His transformation is absurd. Lucas was like a just normal looking high school football kid, like you know, yeah, just, je- yeah like, normal I, I don't want to say, yeah, normal person, yep. dad by like nothing, like, and now he's like a Hulk type of build, like a clean one ninety, and he's a single leg squat at five hundred pounds. He's bench five hundred too. I don't, I don't want to blow Lucas's head up too much. Yeah, because he's very easy to blow up his head, but I. I always find it interesting, like, because he's like, he's thick. He's a shot putter. But you can see six pack abs on yeah, that he, guy. And yeah. it just, I'm always just like, how does he do that? Like, yeah. what's up there, man? Like, Alex good is for you. that way, where they're bigger and somehow they still have abs. Yeah. Well, because they got that triple C thick. Like, it yeah, just, yeah, that's ugh. true. That is true. It shows through. Like, you get them big enough, they just keep coming out. Like, <laughs> that's what stop. we were talking about in the last podcast. The what, what? Where it's like you you have muscle under the fluff. Yeah, take it, off the it's parka. hanging out there. There's yeah. a reason why. Like, well, Alex can dunk a basketball, yes. right? Like weighing three thirty. Yeah, so he can jump. Like, yeah, those calves are pretty large. Um, absolutely. Dane, I want you to imagine something. All right, let's. I'm Earl for everyone who doesn't know. Dane was too <laughs> caught off by Lucas's one ninety to introduce yeah. me today. Um, all right, here we go. I just write things. <laughs> Get out of here. That's it. Um, you just cleaned 300 pounds. I did it for a double on. You just doubled 300 pounds. On what day would it have video been? Video or it didn't happen? It didn't. I didn't video it. How it was, do you not video things? Because I don't care. How, you should go deep down inside. You, you're a geriatric now. This is like good I, geriatric I footage. I don't care. Like <laughs> I did it without a belt, too. I wasn't even wearing lifters. Like I just I had it on one block. I put it. I got. It wasn't 300. I actually got up to 140 kilos. And I was like, I'm go- going to a heavy double today. And I just started at 70 and I kept taking 10 kilo jumps all the way up. And I got to 140. And the second on 140, I had to double bounce and I almost like lost the upper back. And I was like, all right, I'm done. <laughs> yeah, like, and I, because I know if I jump to 150, I'm like, I'm almost at the best I've ever done. Like, Your GTO kicked in. Yeah, I'm like, I'm not taking this. I'm Your just, mental GTO. Well, no, I'm like, I'm 40. I don't need to do this. Yes, like, yeah, that's, that's <laughs> it's true. Like, I, I, I'm just doing it to like, hey, I'm still. I can still do this. Like, who's this guy just showing up? Doing that? <laughs> oh, he looks this age. Well, no, I'm about a decade older than you think I am. How, what did your training partner say? Uh, it was my brother there with me. Dude, I met your brother this weekend. I know. He was telling me he said hi to you. I So I wanted to talk to him. And one of the kids that I trained, and he he became an NCAA American D-end. Oh, wow. I, like, meet your brother while I'm talking to this kid. And he's just, I haven't seen him in like a year, just goes in on like telling me his whole life. Uh-huh. And I'm like, 
telling DJ I want to talk to your brother, but this I had to spend time with this other individual, and then I I only saw your brother like one other time, but he was busy like the the other time. Yeah, he was inside, so I did feel like a bad person because I didn't get to like don't feel bad. He didn't see. He I was like, you talked to him. He's like, yeah, we said hi. And I he told, just wanted and hung out probably with all like uh, Lauren's friends. Yeah, I wasn't gonna say. But yeah, what I told Caitlin, I said, look they at know him. look at how Earl's brother walks. He walks exactly like Earl. Does he? Yeah, I wouldn't notice something like yeah. that. So I, I was playing. We were that. joking because my brother has like my dad's side of the family legs, so like he has thick calves. Yeah, he and, does. And I have like my mom's side of the family legs, so like I'm I look like a, a deer, like <laughs> like every inch of calf muscle I had, like I had to work yeah. really hard. Whereas to he do just that. had it. So the other day he showed up and we've been ragging on him because if you've ever seen those commercials with Chris Paul and he's like, I'm going to bring back the old and he wears the shorts that are real long. Yeah. All of my brother's shorts are super long past his knees. Like yeah. they're like capris basically where they're at. Cargo they're, shorts too. They're the old basketball and this is what he wears to like work out. <laughs> and he shows up in like seven inch, nine inch shorts, like what's more like today, oh, okay, like what's yeah, normal, yeah. like you see people yeah, in. you're like, what? And I didn't say anything, but he saw me laugh at him, <laughs> and he, he just shook his head at me. He's like, I knew you were going to say something. I'm like, I didn't say anything. <laughs> yeah, that's funny. Because, and then I started joking with him. I go, you look like a runner. He's like, what do you mean? I'm like, well, your calves are bigger than your upper thigh. Like, you look like a runner. Yeah, that's funny. And he's like, it's not bigger. I was go, let me see your, flex your quad. I was like, you don't even have a teardrop. Like, <laughs> yeah. and, but at the same time, like, he has these massive calves. Yeah. Like, and it's just like, all right. Anyway, enough about my brother. Yeah. Um, I'm going to talk about learning progressions. And, you know, actually, I could talk about him because he's been learning how to snatch. Okay. And he's actually not awful at it for, yeah. like, over 35. And, like, I'm learning how to snatch now. Right. Which, you know, like, he wasn't – he didn't do nothing as a kid. Like, he played sports. Like, he's he was actually a pretty decent wrestler until he's like, I don't want to do this. Like, he burned, burned out on wrestling because – you start wrestling too young, either you, you have it in you or you, yeah, you're it, done. it goes away. Yeah. Um, anyway, snatch. So I, this is my imagine thing. Okay. All right. Y'all ready for this? Imagine walking in the gym and deciding I'm going to learn how to snatch today. And you could replace snatch with any type of movement, but you're going to learn how to do it. Um, you watch the best in the world do it and think it doesn't look that hard. <laughs> so you give it a good old fixed mindset, try and fail miserably. It's harder than you thought. Getting your knees out of the way, the thoracic mobility, stability in that bottom of a squat, you weren't even able to do that. Now you're thinking because you have a growth mindset, I know I can do this, but where do I start? Dane, let's talk about exercise progressions, but let's begin with how do you learn how to snatch? Ooh, how do you learn how to snatch? I mean, I, I do think, one, you watch some of the best lifters do it but the best thing that you can do is also go to garage strength and watch one of our progression videos on how to actually snatch and you can download peak strength and watch the videos yeah. even inside peak strength but i would start with i i genuinely feel like one of the best things that you can do uh is like we will teach with like a power elastic and if you if you get a band overhead and you just start to feel like the the tension overhead by opening up the band so anyone listening dane has his hands over his head and yeah. he's almost like sos like w trying to wave someone down but pretending he has a band overhead i'm doing it now too because yeah. 
And he's like, you're just pulling it apart. Yeah, you pull it apart, and then that sort of gives you the feeling that you would have when the bar's overhead. And I think that one of the hardest parts of snatching is like not knowing what that should feel like. It's it's weird to be in that overhead position. And then you start to feel the shoulders, and then if you get tension in the band and hold it for like five seconds, let's say, one thing that you could do right away is squat. But another thing that you could do is, um, I, I would say you know squat, and if you have good mobility you could squat full range of motion if you if you struggle with mobility you could squat to a box but while keeping the band behind the top of your head the back part of your head yeah when um, you see that thoracic like yeah don't let it go forward drop forward and then it's the the next aspect would be um you know if you if you could let's say you're strong enough you're a, a male or a female that's strong enough to have a 15k bar or 20 20 kilo bar you can press it you you want to establish that grip now so the you want to press it with the snatch grip. But are now you pressing you, standing up or are you pressing? I would start standing, but I would establish the grip by just having my hands together on the bar in the very middle and then working my hands out until the bar basically touches my hip bones. Then I'm going to put it up overhead. So ideally you have strong enough shoulders to put it overhead. Now you're going to lower it behind your neck and press, behind your neck and press. Okay. Then after you do, let's say four reps, you do an overhead squat. Okay. So now you do a couple overhead squats. Now the next step would be you stand back up, you put the bar on your shoulders and you drive up and then you drop into the hole. So you're learning like a snatch balance. Then if that's a struggle, if you can't do that, then you can do presses from the bottom position to really feel what that would feel like. But if you can do an overhead squat and then lead into a snatch balance, then we would go to the pull. So you, the whole goal would be you start, the progression is all about teaching what it feels like overhead then teaching where you know you find that grip, and then you teach uh, the the overhead squat or the snatch balance position, and then you would go to the pull from the hip, and you, the whole goal now is to get to the catch. And then you just keep working your way down. With yeah. The pull. Then you go from the top of the thigh to the maybe right above the knee to right below the knee to the floor. Eventually, you're at the floor and you go. Um, I think teaching the ending is the key f because you teach that, and then the whole goal is you just have to remind the athlete. Remember, we're, we're trying to get to the catch. We're trying to get to the catch. All we're doing is getting to the catch. You already did that. You already know how to do that. So here's my, I don't know if it's a silly question. How do you progress that or where do you start based off what you see and like age of athlete or level of athlete? Like, so for instance, you could have someone who's never snatched, they're 30, but they're coming from a D1 background. Yeah, and they could probably learn if they have the mobility. Yeah. Or they don't have injuries. Or you have, um, I don't know, a 50-year-old who's trying to learn a new skill, and they're like, well, I'm going to start doing Olympic lifting, versus you have a 10-year-old. Yeah, I would take the 50-year-old and the 10-year-old and almost put them together, and uh -huh. I would say my first step is use a technique stick that we have. So you, you pick up a technique stick and we're going to just try it with the technique stick. Now the one downfall is it's light. It's very light. So if you have the technique stick and you know, actually in our videos, we'll use the mobility band or the strength band. If you use the mobility band that adds tension to the bar. And so that helps the athlete feel tension overhead. If they, if they put the technique stick overhead, and that's a big thing too. Like you watch people, learning the movement and the snatch specific we're going to talk about other movements this isn't a snatch video or conversation i just want to put that out there it's progression video or not video conversation yeah um people struggle to coordinate 
the lower body with the upper body holding that sort of isometric at the same time. Like yeah, sure all are. those muscles having to work together. It's like, oh, I'm in the squat now, but my elbows start bending and the bar doesn't stay extended. Or their knees will go forward, but they don't put their butt back. Yeah. Or they put their butt back and they try and do like a low bar snatch. And it's like, it's the sequencing. But I mean, that's what makes weightlifting exercises so unique is that everything has to fire properly. So you have to coordinate your muscles. So if you have someone who's extraordinarily strong, but they're they're rigid in their movements, the, the just the process of learning the snatch balance, like the drive and drop, drive and drop, drive and drop, that creates more fluidity. It, it creates better communication, and then it's a smoother uh, reaction. And I think that that's you know that's what you'll you'll tend to see. Kids kids do not struggle with it. The older individuals tend to be a little bit stiffer. Um, but again, being on the being on like standing on the mobility band and using that with the technique stick can help you feel that tension and then can help you sequence things a little bit more effectively. And if you see things like, all right, well, this kid's just letting the bar, the technique stick drop forward. That's when I would want them to use more weight because they'll feel it. They'll, they'll hold it in a better position. Uh, if you have an older individual who's 50 and they tend to squat with their knees going forward and they never put their butt back. Well, then we want to get them to squat to a box because that creates a target for their butt to travel to while they're still pushing their knees forward. So now everything sort of starts to line up a little bit where you have like, I like to think about ropes pulling your knees forward and ropes pulling your hips back at the same time to help with that movement pattern. I think it's, that's where it becomes very now I much. see horses pulling the ropes yeah. and your torso like going this way yeah. and your body yeah. just going that yeah. way. Yeah. And then like, like an old the medieval... entrails just like yeah, It's like a medieval punishment. <laughs> I think that... The, the it's funny the the way that I see that the teaching of progressions then it's like I believe there should be very structured progressions and actually in the football document that you assigned to me I put I put progressions on what I would do on certain times of the year for training mm -hmm. but I also think that's where the art of coaching comes into play based off the athlete based off of the needs of the individual and based off of the peculiarities that the individual has some 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 people some people can learn how to snatch in three minutes and some people can learn how to snatch in three months it really depends on what their background is what their injuries are and how willing they are to let their guard down to learn it's just like a language some people will say um like they they're scared to say a word wrong like learning spanish you're scared to say this word poorly because you will have people make fun of you like oh my gosh his accent's so bad yeah, the good thing is though i don't understand the language yet yes, so all exactly. your insults i don't understand correct <laughs> yeah so it's the same thing with movement patterns it's like just let your ego go like some people will be like, in the biggest largest guys will be like oh man well y'all well it's, it's not the weight it's the balance blah, blah blah it's like dude just stop it's it's okay you can screw it up. You can screw this up 10 times. Just learn from the, the errors so that we can get you to learn the snatch. So this is a bad Earl thing. Um, you probably have this too. I'm pretty good at watching someone do a movement and replicating it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I can just mirror it. Yeah. Pretty. That's your mirror neurons. Yeah, and it's always felt kind of like, I don't want to say intuitive, but it was like something I had. Yeah, I, I probably worked on it at some point and just took it for granted. I, I think that's partially a benefit of dude. I, I, I genuinely think that that has a lot to do with your parenting. If so, you spend a lot of time with your mom or your dad doing work. Yeah, I think you would watch them do things and you probably the you probably mimic them. 
I struggle a lot with people who I'm like, just watch and like, and so that's where and that's I, that's where I think it comes into. There's watching. There's the the sound, and then uh -huh. there's like the actual tactile. Like, I'm gonna put my hands on you and manipulate you. If you yeah, don't want cool me, with this. yeah, if you don't want me to do that, I won't do it. But if I do this, you might feel certain things, and that's where you've just got to be clear with your communication. Um, and I think that that's another way to, to help them. And another problem I have run into coaching progressions or have seen is knowing how it feels in the body and then trying to cue someone how to do that with a certain muscle that they necessarily can't activate, engage. Yeah, you know what it should be, but they can't do it. Or know how to feel that. Like, yeah, I think that that's... The, so, so a good example would be you're saying hey uh keep your chest up and feel your hamstrings when the bar goes past yeah. your knee or something to feel that hamstrings then lead into that hip extension let's say that's how you describe it now that's that's a pretty in-depth the, the easiest one is like straight in your back yeah. oh and so they're that's, and they stand up to yeah. straight in their back yeah like, that's that's a like, hard one where it's like a lot of people like get your like, chest up right yeah yeah get your chest up one thing you can do on that case if you have somebody who wrestled when they were younger, tell them to make it feel like they were bridging. Okay. okay so then they then they'll be like, okay. So if I'm bridging, I'm going to do this. Now do that when you're squatting, bridge but in a squat position. Then they start to feel that. Uh, something that I think people who didn't wrestle um, would be you put like the technique stick down their spine, hug hug that with your shoulder blades. And that's a really hard drill for somebody yeah. to do to do that, especially um, like your computer people who like right. you know just rolled forward the whole time. It's like, yeah, dude, you get it's hard. Now the other thing I think you can do is you can even put bands like around their shoulders to like pull them back a little bit. Um, I think what you tend to see is the best way to get back extension and feeling on someone who's not that athletic would literally be you put a plate or a band around their neck or a plate on their back and you do a back extension or you do glute ham raise. And that's the best way to sort of get them to arch their back is you like think like, okay, put a bar on their back, hold the technique stick on their back while they're doing a back extension or while they're doing a glute ham raise and they have to arch their back. And some of those individuals will spasm throughout their entire back. Oh my goodness like they'll be, they'll be like holding that position and they'll cramp it's like me doing a razor curl <laughs> exactly yeah exactly like you get sometimes even now if i if i get a big pump in my biceps i go to put on my seatbelt, my biceps will, will cramp oh jeepers so it's like that that's happening to them because they 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 haven't held that position in a while it's been a long time since they were mobile enough to hold that position and then that's you know that's also one of the best parts about weightlifting is that you go to a weightlifting comp and you're walking around, and you're looking at everybody's posture. People have phenomenal posture. Yeah. Even the old guys will be sitting there judging and they're like upright while they're judging. No one's really having like slouched over positions because they've been snatching or cleaning their whole life. My daughters make fun of how like open I walk with my chest. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'm like, I can't like it's just, it's the just way it, is. it is now. Like yeah, yeah. it happened. And I think that that's that's like an interesting part to teach. And you've got to find that in progressions um to get the to get the the athletes to learn those those positions so that, because they're not used to it all right so we talked about technical coordination movement mm -hmm. something a little bit more difficult to execute right like yeah. in the weight room like there's a reason it's an olympic sport yeah 
Like it takes athleticism to do it. Let's talk about progressions for, I don't want to say easier, but not as doesn't demand as many changes in direction and as many muscles necessary. Maybe not even so coordinating together, but working in like a contralateral manner. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Let's talk about some absolute strength movements like pressing, pulling, hinging, squatting. Progressions for those. Like, If I had somebody, let's say the goal would be to get somebody to to front squat or back squat. Okay. If I would have someone progression to front squat or back squat, let's say the first thing I would do is can they squat to a box? Okay. The next thing I would do Do is... Do you start at a certain height with the box? I would start as low as possible and then just see if they're terrible, like they plop and their heels pop up. Well, then then they should go higher. When is the box like too high and you're like... Like is a twenty-four inch box like yo? That's what, pretty high. What's yeah. going yeah, on? We here? got like, problems. This is gonna like, be a long project. Yeah, and you're gonna have to pay me a lot more money than you're paying me. <laughs> so like, but a twenty-inch box is like we can start here. Yeah, I think eighteen to twenty inches is ideal. Right, bench press. Bench press is about yeah, seventeen or eighteen. Yeah, that's right? a like, great height. That's a good height to start at. But I think it. So so I would go box squat. Uh, after box squat, I would go heels elevated, full range of motion, body weight squat. And the box squat is body weight. Um, after that, I would take the heels elevated and make them do just like a flat-footed squat. Uh, after that, I would go into like a driver squat where you hold up like a five-pound plate out with your arms extended. Do you make them steer to the right and left then too? Yeah, yeah exactly. Pretend they're, they're yeah. NASCAR drivers. Gran Turismo. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. And the thing is, is like that actually helps a lot with mobility. Um, and then after that, I would go into. Probably, I love that one yoga stretch where you're in like a deep squat, and it's like you put your hand down and then and you, you like rotate, open, yes. and reach up. Yeah, I mean, oh. now that's more advanced. Have you ever tried to do like a bind with it? Then too, no. Do you know what I'm talking about with a bind? No. All right, so go in that squat, put the rotate. arm down, reach up. Now take the arm on the ground, put it under your leg oh, that, yeah, okay. reach your other arm behind your back try to clasp your hands and then open up your uh, shoulder at the same time that's where i would spasm oh it's so cool well so <laughs> that to me is super advanced but to go back it would be okay driver i mean i don't know how to get to that that position i would say a driver squat um i also really like banded squats where you just you have a band like a power where's rest, the band at is the around band your around your neck yeah and you're standing on it you just squat down drive up squat down you know so then the next the next point that you so can get to when they're doing that all right and you're progressing and you're looking at it what are some of the things you'll see like so i'm envisioning i'm most likely going to see someone whose butt shoots up and then the torso comes up afterwards like it's almost going to be like a kang squat is what i think i would see from like an absolute beginner yeah and almost Definitely from a kid. I want to see the thought process of, hey, I want your knees forward and your butt back. Knees forward, butt back, and I want you to keep your torso upright, as upright as you can. And then you take that and you go, and you just keep giving them the, dude, give them the same cues a hundred times. Knees forward, butt back. Knees forward, butt back. Heels down. Knees forward, butt back. Drive through the heels, keep your chest up. Drive through the heels, keep your chest up. Push your butt back, get your knees forward. And then it goes, all right, here's where the next the next process would be. Now, after the banded squat, you go into a zombie squat with a technique stick. So it's unweighted, but they have to hold their hands upright, and they have to squat now in that position. And then after they do the zombie squat with a technique stick, well, now they can do a goblet squat. Then after you get the goblet squat, well, now they can do, you know, potentially they can do a zombie squat with a bar. 
Then if they can do the zombie squat with the bar, well, now we can put them, put straps on the, on the bar and we can start to do a light front squat. Well, then after you can do that, now we do, they have the mobility with their wrists and with their lats and with their triceps. And then we do a front squat and then we get into next would go to back squat. So here's a question. I probably should have asked this earlier. How much of progressions are actual physical? I guess that's the wrong way of saying it. Like ability to do versus progressions as mobility i think is what i want to say like how much of it ends up being more about mobility with how you progress a movement than actual like i don't know loading the barbell if you will so you're saying like i guess it would be easier to say i find more people can't snatch not because they're not strong enough but because they because they're not mobile yeah, enough yeah, they can't or they can't clean or yeah. they can't front squat it's always a mobility thing so and I think sometimes, and not necessarily in this conversation, but the idea around progressions gets mixed up with, are you mobile enough to do this? I think, I think some of the, the big stuff there is that you, you've got to be aware of what could be a mo mobility limitation. And in this case with the squats, it's going to be ankles. It's going to be shoulders to a point. And I think that, I think the main thing that I would touch on is like, if it's a mobility issue for a snatch, have them pause in the hole for like 10 seconds. If it's a mobility issue for lower back ankles, only make them do pause squats for four months, just pause squats, just pause for three seconds. Every time. Don't worry about weight. Just get them pause in the hole, drive up with the chest, pause in the hole, drive up with the chest. Like, we forget how, because we are so interested in the load that's going to be on the bar, we forget that the mechanics can really be refined long term just by spending a little extra couple of weeks. So the I want to, I don't want, I want to highlight this point you just made. I can remember starting with garage strength programming and how often pauses were programmed in the snatch. It'd be like, pause for three seconds in the catch pause for five seconds mm -hmm. um and i was like i know how to snatch was like my internal dialogue but like i'm a rule i'm not a rule follower by any means but like i listened and i would do it still and like it paid like you're working fundamentals it's mm -hmm. never a bad thing right but almost to like your point like you're making that point now here and like this is what's done in the programming like, yeah, I think you're told to like pause. And at the same time, too, like I was a remote client, like Dane wasn't watching me snatch and being like, oh, you know, like he doesn't need mobility work type of thing to the point where Dane actually told me eventually. He's like, I think you may need a little less mobility. Yeah, we got to <laughs> tighten you up. Yeah, it's like Ryan McDonald. I think I think in that case, it's like, well, I think that the point around the isometrics is that we forget when you hold positions your body puts itself where it needs to be to make that lift possible. So if you're doing a pause in the split for a jerk, your body will literally, it might take two seconds to shift, but then it'll hold that position much easier. And I think that that's, that's also what happens with your shoulder strength, your mobility and stuff. When you pause in the hole, that's what you know talking about the progression of pausing with the back squat is that your body won't pause with your chest forward your body will pause with the chest up because if it pauses with the chest forward, when you come out of the bottom, you're going to go on your toes and lose the bar 
behind your yeah. behind your head basically so i think that that's something that we need to take advantage of is like your body wants to be in very specific positions and that even if you're super mobile the best the best way to get you mobile is to load you in stretch positions so load you in stretch positions is key you can be loaded and be in that stretch position and then your body has to remember that more because it's now there's more motor motor units firing to hold that and then you get stronger in a greater range of motion yeah exactly like yeah which is really nice yeah I love my single leg RDLs because it helps me with my balance and stick in yoga. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's, <laughs> a, I mean, that's another one that is a is a very good exercise as far as progressions is concerned, and that transfers. You want to talk about accessory movements and like a progression around something like that, real quick? Yeah, yeah. Because I think if you look at something like a single leg RDL, that's a complex accessory, but it transfers really well for sports because it can help with speed. It can help a lot of people with back pain as well. And what I would do is you can do something as simple as like just a body weight, single leg RDL or stiff legged deadlift, like body weight though, nothing else. Then you can do it banded and then you, you do it with a light band. Then you go to a moderate level band and then you can do it with like a technique stick on your back while you're doing that. And then you can do it with one dumbbell. Then you can do it with two dumbbells. Then you can go to a barbell and then you can go from there. And now you can go into on the back extension on the Roman chair. Then you can go to the glute ham. And it's like, that's how you got to think through this as far as learning those 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 patterns. Um, how much do you see progressions involving loading? I mean, I, I sort of look at it like I would go probably 40 to 50% of the time unloaded and then the the back end it would be start to load, you know, 40 to 50% of the time is loaded. Um, what do you do from a progression standpoint, when someone doesn't have the like requisite strength to do it. So I'm thinking something along like a pull up or a young kid coming yeah. into bench press and like the bar is just too much right now. I would go dumbbells. Then okay. I would go after dumbbells. So, I mean, look at a bench press, this which is, is crazier. Cause the dumbbells actually like a harder, it's harder for neural them. movement. Yeah. Like, and, but you can go lighter. So that's where the lightness of the load is still challenging, but then they'll reap a bigger benefit from it. And it's like, all right, so if somebody can't bench press a bar, get them with dumbbells. If they can't bench press dumbbells, get them with a band. If they can't do that with a band, do slow eccentric push-ups with their hands on a bench with their feet low. And it's like working backwards until you can get them to do something. Uh-huh. And then you work, you know, then once you get them to do something, then you work back to where they you, you wanted to get them. And I think that's the, the main goal would be, Okay, I'll use my 11-year-old son as an example. I want him to bench press 440 by the time he's done high school. Like, I want him to bench 200 kilos. I want him to, to clean 400 pounds. I want him to snatch 300 pounds. If he can do that, he's probably going to be whatever athlete he wants to be. He'll be a good Yeah, he'll be capable of doing it. But to get him to do that, he's got to start doing 50 push-ups a night. Once he gets 50 push-ups a night, then he can do 50 clap push-ups, right? So that's a progression. Then the next thing, okay, well, now – if we want to get him to bench the 45s right now, he can hit the 35s for six on each side. If we can get him to bench the, wait, 40, he can hit the 35s for six and can't hit the 45s for one yet. No. Cause he's a baby with heavy weight. Now I think this is going to change over the next six months. Cause he definitely hit puberty cause he stinks. Oh. And I think we talked about this <laughs> recently. He's got such terrible BO. Um, sorry, Lincoln. You're, I know you're not listening to me. Uh, <laughs> you won't be listening to me for the next 10 years of your yeah. life. <laughs> so, 
uh, going backwards, then it's like, okay, well, if we know that this is the end, you know, or not the end, but we want him to get to this point by the time he's 18, then we need to, all right, now we can get him to, to say dumbbell bench. We've got to get him to hit the 50s for a set of eight. Then we've got to get him to bench the 45s for a set of eight. Then we got to get him to 185 for a set of eight. And that might be benching the 70s for a set of six. And you sort of just play this game back and forth with the progressions now the whole way up. And I think, you know, talking about the pull-up, I look at the pull-up as you hit dumbbell external rotations. First, you got to focus on the strength around you know, your shoulders, around your lats, and then in your biceps as well. And then you go, all right, well, you can't do, they can't do a single pull-up. Well, let's do some really long arm lat pull-downs. Let's do some, while we're still doing dumbbell external rotations, let's do some heavier lat work. What do you do to replace a lat pull-down when you don't have a lat pull-down machine? Like I would do a, like a, if you have access to bands, I would do lat pull-down with like okay. bands. If you have access to like a rope, you can pull that overhead. Um, if you have a tree outside, I would jump up and do as slow of a – dude, I remember my brother being, being able to crank out six or seven pull-ups, but I was so heavy. You know, In third grade, I weighed 135 pounds. I couldn't do a pull-up because I was so heavy. So I would jump up, and i just hold it, hold it, hold it until I could get down because at wrestling practice, we would have to do pull-ups at the end of practice, and I would have to get assisted by the coach. You know, So back then, nobody was using bands that much. Now the cool thing is you can use bands – in your knee you can put your foot in it and if you do the slow eccentric that whole time down that's going to help improve that and at the same time you should be doing hammer curls or, or preacher curls to help build that do you up. do rows then too yeah rows like would pay off as well rows curls and this is where if you can find you know if let's say you don't have access to a barbell you're only doing pull-ups on a tree well if you can find a tree branch where, or something in your you know let's say local area like at a park that you could do a reclining row well now you can do a reclining row you can do a reclining row on on a, a swing set. You get the the swing, and you can do a reclining row, and then you just move your feet closer to the that pivot point. Now you're doing even a steeper reclining row. Then once you get that reclining row, then you can build into the into the progression for the pull up. So here's a just I don't know. I'm thinking about this here and this stuff. What's the difference between a progression and a variation then? To me, the variation would be either sport specific. Okay, so a sports-specific variation that will transfer better, just slightly better, or there's an issue in the movement pattern that can that can help strengthen the main pattern. So the main pattern being a pull-up, you know, high ring pull-ups can help strengthen the lats because it's a little more range of motion and it can help strengthen the biceps. So if we have somebody at the top range that sucks with their biceps, we can develop that on the high ring pull-up. That's me. I'm yeah. bad at the top range, I think. Yeah, so then it would be – now the difference there would be – the high ring pull-up is more advanced than the main lift. So that's where the variation comes into play. Whereas a neutral grip pull-up would be the second to last progression, probably curl-ups or chin-ups. We call them curl-ups, but chin-ups is how the rest of the world calls them. That would be the the sec, the last part before you would get to a pull-up. It's funny they all call it a chin-up. The curl-up is actually like more... It makes more sense. Yes, because I could do a chin up with my hands the other way too, right? Yeah, your like chin's my chin's still, still going over. Right. Yeah. Whatever. <laughs> so I think that that's where the rest of the world used to think the sun rotated around the Earth too. So yeah, there you go. They're gonna change. And come <laughs> yeah. <around. laughs> yeah. Curl up. It is. Yeah. I think that the the other thing is that part of the progression work and the variations 
the main goal is like you still establish those strength benchmarks. You know, that's what we do inside a garage strength program design. We give you literally like benchmarks that we're building towards based off of all the research that we've had here. You ready for some uh, overrated, underrated? Yeah, let's go. All right. No brush cleans. You know what's interesting is I, I just... I love when I get you to sigh when well, I bring these up. I, I, I just... I just did I did a, an analysis of football max outs and I was watching some of these guys that are just like Alabama or it was Georgia, Wisconsin, Penn State. Georgia had a D tackle who wasn't making contact and he was pulling like 330, like big lifts, big big weight. I would argue, you know, he doesn't need to be making contact, but the problem here is that I think he would Now I'm sure this guy's going to be like a First round draft pick. It doesn't matter what this guy does. Makes contact, doesn't make contact. That's going to be where my answer comes from is that I do think he would be better off to learn how to make contact. And the fact that I think that, but at the same time think it doesn't matter if he makes contact or not, I would make the no brush lift overrated. Okay. You don't, too big of traps come out of it. I think you can get just as big a trap by doing pumps. Making contact. Yeah, and, and making contact, yeah. But it, it's still a great lift. It, just to – that was my own thought too was like a lot of times the no brush kind of reinforces a thing you have to fix with people. Yeah, and the arm bend too. Yeah, like yeah. it just – it makes it happen. But at the same time, like it may, once you learn how to make contact it makes it infinitely harder like to do the no you brush. can feel the difference you're yeah. just like oh my god like yeah. it's so it gets there and you're like Ugh. it's like you're pulling for three hours yeah um reciprocation snatch is overrated or underrated people are probably like what the uh, that's hell all right is this? we're we're small enough right now that if they're okay. probably listening most probably of this do. audience okay. knows what it is I believe that they're underrated, and the reason being is that I actually just was using this as a warm-up with Haley, and I noticed that her upper body was reacting faster after we did it as a warm-up compared to the three previous days where we didn't do them. So I think it helps with the knees, but it also helps with the upper body and what the upper body is supposed to do after making contact. So I can clarify real quick. The reciprocation snatches is between right below the knee, right above the knee, no man's land. Yeah, yeah, you're just rolling what? back and forth. Garage Dane calls the reciprocation point, which yep. is above the knee when the knees come through. Yeah. Um, and it's very highly technical lift. Yeah. And like to the point where his best athletes, when it first came introduced into the system, I don't want to say struggled, but had to work through some growing pains. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. For <laughs> sure. Um, and that is that. Um, <laughs> slow eccentric squats. Overrated, underrated. Oh, man, that's another one. I think... I know you love programming. <laughs> yeah, I think slow eccentric squats are underrated. And the main reason why is that you can get really creative with them. If you could go through like a six or seven second eccentric, and that forces like a very, very strong patterning. And one of my favorite things to do would be one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. And it goes boom, 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 boom. So you can even go through that eccentric to imprint that. It made me think of like cranking a catapult. Yeah, and just, then it, and exactly. Then and then you, then you let it go and your body is just, from the eccentric, you're recruiting really well and then you're heightened. And I believe that does contribute to the rate coding. Okay, so then when you, when you start to rate code at a more effective pathway now, now you imprint these, these 
the the motor pathway at a stronger at a stronger speed on that unbroken then and then that elicits elicits a better strength they'll response. spike more they'll trigger more yeah yeah then you're smashing the button a lot quicker smash that button like subscribe yeah ring your notification bell yeah all that stuff all right either or this one's gonna be a weird one jason's gonna love this though and i can't wait for dane to go i don't know you ready for this one I'm going to mispronounce this. Muashi Miyamoto from Vagabond or Guts from Berserk as a personal bodyguard. Guts from Berserk. Oh, good. That's the only reason I'm answering that is because I used to play with Guts, the uh, the action figures when we were growing up. I don't know if you ever played oh, with them. I remember that, but I'm not. there's no image coming to my brain. They're like, uh, almost like a, sort of like a stormtrooper-looking action figure. Okay. That's the only reason why I'm saying that. No, um hate on the vagabond guy but like guts has the berserk armor oh, like, okay so he's just it is a better choice has like one arm cut off and like has a like repeating like bow and arrow there or, or crossbow there and even like a big cannon am i right jason and he's missing an eye and he's going gray as like a white spot in his hair he's just so cool yeah i'd rather have him as my and also too his sort of character arc is at this point he is a personal bodyguard for like his crew of people so so i made the right choice yeah Are good you job of me yeah i am actually <laughs> now at some point you're gonna read it you may not know this it's either in the discord or comments somewhere people will comment has dane read berserk yet oh geez that means okay i i'll do it all right i guess i have to start bringing them huh yeah. jason all 40 volumes of them can i I'll, can i read them slowly yeah, I'll give you one at a time. But you got to give them back. I will. If you don't give them back. How much do they cost? I don't. It's uh, like 10 bucks a volume. It's just what I do, Dane. It's okay. like it's part of my like. Have you ever read DMZ? I think I, I may have read one of them. I know what it is, but I, the two the two like graphic novel series that I've read that were not written by Alan Moore were DMZ and Why That's the a Last Vertigo, Man. right? Yes. So yeah. They're both Vertigo ones. Yeah. yeah. No, I read. And both of them were were amazing. Yeah. No. Comics are like yeah. Well, manga comics are like one of my favorite forms of like entertainment media or like creative expression. Like yeah. it's like here's a good story. Here's a visual piece with it. Yeah. Like it's good. That's the other reason why I love animation too, because yeah. it's the same thing. Yeah. And video games too, because then they give me agency and I can have my power fantasy. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> So accurate. All right, audience questions. Discord, Joseph Hodge. When, if, should I start incorporating my belt into my sports performance program? 90% of your mix. I am 14 weeks into a 30-week program on peak strength, and I have not used my belt once. Is this correct? Are there any specific phases in which I should use my belt? Thank ascension you. phase. Wait till the ascension phase, and then it's going to start to help quite a bit. Yeah. But wait till you're in those top end sets. And try to hold off as long as possible yeah i would say 90 percent. like if he has four or five or six sets let's say wait till the fifth and sixth set to Don't use it touch it yeah um reddit wolfstar 321 i noticed that my legs would give out first especially my quadriceps if i am programming my training should i mainly focus on doing higher reps with lower weights to improve muscle endurance example do barbell squats and during the rest I would do isometrics. Would that count as one set then? I would take a break, then continue back to barbell squats, and then isometrics during break, etc. 
it was punctuated weird, so I was like stopping where the periods were. That's like a like really that. complex. Say this again. Um, the question is: Should I mainly focus on doing higher reps with lower weights to improve muscle endurance around the quadriceps? Uh, yes. Giving out. Yeah. So go lighter, higher volume. Seventeen to twenty reps. Yeah. Build. Even like a even like a narrow stance front squat. And then the example they gave was about doing squats and then during the rest doing like isometric work around like. I would do sled work. Yeah. It almost sounds like too, like if they're fatiguing out during the sets, they're doing too much. Yeah. Right? Like it could be. It could be that if, they're doing too much beforehand. Yeah. If, if you're fatiguing squatting, why would you go fatigue your quads more? Like That's where I would squat heavier and then I would do pre, pre-fatigue later. Okay. Yeah. That, that's a – Jason? I, I like was, that question. I was going to say, if he wants to – learns how to program and learn good training, then he should probably attend our virtual summit October 7th. That's right. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. Who's going to be there? Myself and Brother Ferris. Oh. Who is that? He's an absolute animal on Instagram. Does crazy. He's from Virginia. Does unbelievable, like super fast. He was a former Does he know guy. Uh, Mason? No. Mason's from Virginia, too. <laughs> That's like. Oh, you went to Penn State. Yeah, graduated in 07. Oh, you know Johnny. <laughs> no, I don't know Johnny. Sorry. <laughs> I'm glad you got my joke. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I know like Mason from Virginia. Yeah, that's funny. Yeah. Any other questions? No, those are two from the audience. All right, so we got our virtual summit October 7th. Myself and Brother Ferris, we're going to be doing four different sessions, and we're going to be doing uh, Q&A as well. 75 bucks for that early bird special until next time peace <laughs>